We continue with the Daily Sports Feed on ESPN Harrisonburg. I am Dave Rigger. It's a pleasure to have you along. Let's talk to Shane Metlin now, kind of recap everything that's been going on with JMU Athletics. They are the talk of the country, it seems like, right now. But let's talk to Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record. Hi, Shane. How are you, sir? I'm good, Dave. How about you? Good. Uh, we've got a pretty good gig right now covering America's school, I guess, right? Yeah, when um when when Jim Harbaugh was kind of like asking people to make uh to make Michigan America's team, I, my my first thought was I think that might already be taken, <laughs> but uh, yeah. but uh it's been it's been wild. It's been an this has been an incredible couple of weeks, obviously with what football has done, what basketball did last week, what the soccer's are doing, what volleyball is doing right now, um the the letters to the NCAA. There's just so many things that that have made this such a, a special time right now. But this is, this really, truly is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. And it's it hasn't stopped at all for a few weeks. And it's just, you know, whether it's, like you said, the NCAA stuff or um, you start thinking about, oh, wow, basketball could be ranked and everything else. Like, it, it uh, has just been – it's been nonstop, and I'm sure <laughs> – and I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but it's been it's been crazy. Yeah, it has no doubt. And you know, neither of us were here for the first college game day. I guess you were in the area, but not covering JMU. But uh, this should be a lot of fun this week with game day coming. Yeah, I mean it. It should be wild. Um, I kind of avoided Harrisonburg last time, and game day was in town. So uh, this will be sort of my first experience, like really seeing the whole spectacle of it and everything. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of uh, finding out what that's all about. I am too. Yeah, I, I, I think there'll be a record crowd. I yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, I think uh, you know between sending the Jonas Brothers, that might draw some people who might not otherwise pay much attention to game day, and then they're really building it up for the anniversary and everything. Like, yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be huge. We're down to Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record as, again, he gets set for all the things happening this week. But let's talk some football first. We'll kind of go through all the sports and what's going on right now. But obviously with football, what they've done, um, we've obviously talked about the entire year. But it, to, to truly see them be 10-0 now, ranked 18th in the country, a top 20 football team, um, they just continue to, to as, as Coach loves to say, uh, kind of just move the clutter away, don't worry about that, block out the clutter. But they, they do a great job of that every single week. Yeah, I mean, like you said, ten and zero. I mean, we probably talked at the start of the season about you know they could be as good as they were last year, and like I don't know if anybody expected you know to just be undefeated at this point. To right now, they're blowing out a lot of teams. Um, to yeah, they haven't had that like just letdown yet at all, and it's been it's been amazing. You know, what do you what do you think about Jordan McLeod right now and, and and just what he's done? It's it's his numbers right now are better or at least comparable to Todd Santeo and everybody was praising Todd a year ago and, and Jordan's numbers in, in most aspects are all better than Todd Santeo's. I'm not sure he's getting enough credit for what he's doing right now. Yeah, and, he, and like the last few weeks especially, he's just been he's been really really good. I think you know, I think, you know, part of it is him not starting that first game of the season. You just kind of like have it in your head that he can't be as good as Todd Santeo. And, you know, it took a little time, but, you know, right now, I don't think, you know, back to back Sunbelt player of the week, um, probably getting himself into that conversation for Sunbelt player of the year at this point, um, 
it's it's a little bit surprising that he's been as good as he has been. But at the same time, you know, when when they got the commitment from him, everybody was like, okay, well, here's the next guy. Right. Here's the next big transfer that, uh, you know, the staff is going to work wonders with. And that's the way it ended up ended up being yeah, it, no question about that it, it's been an amazing run and I, I unless he falls apart the last couple games and even if they go one-on-one the last couple games I, I think he's probably got to be the player of the year don't you I, I would think so I mean you look at like on the offensive side um, they're not a lot of repeat player of the weeks there's nobody who's done it back to back he's peaking at the right time his numbers are great you don't have the you know Greats and the call factor with him injured, like right. you had last year, where you know I think I think a lot of people thought Toddy probably deserved to be the overall player of the year, not just the offensive player of the year. But you know it's kind of hard to like not give it to Grayson McCall when he's been that guy in this conference for so long, um, and their numbers are similar. Sim- similar. So yeah, right now I think you know he's got a real good chance of being that um, Sun Belt player of the year, like overall, let alone just on the offensive side. We're talking again to Shane Metlin from the DNR as the Dukes get set for Appalachian State coming up this week. And obviously they were without Jalen Green um, last Saturday. Uh, heartbreaking news last week that he's been lost for the season. Do you think that will affect them these last couple of games now that they're playing teams that are they're playing pretty well right now and obviously uh, have a lot to play for? It affects them for sure. Like whether or not it's, you know, completely debilitating, I don't know, because they've got they've got studs across the defensive line. And I think, you know, Kurt Kurt Signetti seems to be a guy who just his philosophy is if you're my best player, I'm going to have you on the field as much as possible, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have depth at the defensive line, just because they were going with five guys for the most part. Um, You know, they talk about next man up and it's sort of a cliche at this point when it comes to football, but you know, we've yet to find the point where JMU, where the next man up, hasn't gotten the job done. The the depth has shown this year, and that's something that that maybe they didn't have a year ago, didn't certainly have in the FCS days. But they do have the depth that, again, they they've lost their starting left and right tackle, uh, another their, their third down back in Solomon Van Horst, another defensive end and Abby Akonji. Jalen Green. I mean, these are five guys that are are big pieces of what they're doing, and they're still undefeated. That that does talk to the depth of and and Coach said it to begin the year. We have more depth than we did last year. Yeah, it's not just starters. I mean, it's it's their best NFL prospect on right. each side of the ball. It's your left tackle, who you know people would a lot of people would say is the second most important position on the offense. It's you know, you know another starting defensive lineman. It's a guy who. You know, you had a deep running back stable to begin the season, but the guy you were going to count on to kind of be, he's the one who's going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. He's gone all of a sudden from that game plan after week one. Like, And other guys have stepped up. You you look at, you know, Tyson Lawton kind of doing a lot of the things that, you know, we thought Solomon Van Horst might do. Uh, you know, Kalon Black, too, is catching a lot of passes. It's, it's just been pretty incredible how they've been able to fill in the gaps with the guys that they're missing because it's it's not just you know role players. It's not, no doubt. We're talking to Shane Mountain again from the DNR, and and what do you expect this weekend with App State? They've won three in a row. They're playing pretty good football right now, and obviously after last year and, and losing that lead and blowing the lead, it seems like forever ago back in week three of last season. But uh, I'm sure they'll be up for this one. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It, it, 
if Jamie's going to drop one, this kind of seems like the, uh, the the danger zone here. Like, like you said, App State's going to be extremely fired up. You know, they'll travel pretty well, even with JMU fans, you know, selling this thing out quickly. Um, you know, we, we saw it in, in Boone last year. That was a big, enthusiastic crowd. But when that momentum switched, all of a sudden all you're hearing is that corner that's all Dukes. And, you know, if that happens on Saturday, it'll be interesting. But um, App State's playing really well. They've won three in a row and blown out a couple teams here. It seems like they're getting it together after, you know, it wasn't that long ago. We were kind of wondering if their season was going down the tubes. And all of a sudden they're looking pretty good. So uh, it'll be a challenge to kind of, you know, handle the distractions, which Jamie has done a really good job of so far, but probably haven't seen anything to this level as far as, you know, the noise and clutter that they talk about all the time. Okay, we're talking with Shane Metlin from the DNR, and let's switch some gears and talk some basketball. And I, we, we talked to Coach Byington before last week, and he said, I'm not sure anybody has a more challenging week than we do with three teams that made the NCAA tournament a year ago, two of them on the road against um, really good teams in Michigan State and Kent State. And lo and behold, the Dukes are 3-0 and and ranked 24th in the AP poll for the first time in the history of that program. What an unbelievable first week for JMU. Yeah, I mean, we talk about the football team kind of blocking out the distractions and everything. Um, you got to give the basketball team credit for that, too, where, you know, they win that game against Michigan State, which is, you know, a big enough deal on its own. But then you have to turn around and play a really good team where if you have a letdown, like, you're not going to win at Kent State if you if you have a letdown after that game. They take care of it there. I mean, kind of miraculous fashion, but they get the win there. They come home and, you know, another situation where they could have maybe had a little bit of a letdown and they they beat what I think is going to be a solid Howard team. They beat them handily. Yeah, I think so too. What, what What's kind of stood out here through three games with, with them? Yeah, I mean, I think um, deeper than maybe Mark Byington was giving them credit for uh, in the preseason. He was kind of like acting like this wasn't going to be as deep as some of his other teams. And then all of a sudden they've got 10 guys really contributing uh, so far here early. Um, you know, they've got good size with, uh, you know, TJ Bickerstaff's been a difference maker. He obviously was just an absolute stud against Michigan State. Um, hasn't had the like huge numbers since then, but they just, you know, I'm not sure if it was you I was talking to or somebody else in the preseason about him, and I said he could be similar to what Jordan Brown was at Louisiana last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as good, but like that similar type of player that a lot of teams in the Sun Belt don't have. And you know, right now maybe he is as good as Jordan Brown because right. I mean he's been really, really good to start. And obviously, Terrence Edwards is doing what he's doing, but it just—it's been a collective effort, really, in every single game. We saw Quincy Allen kind of have his moment against Howard. We saw Raquan Horton play pretty well against Howard, and, and he hit the big shot against Michigan State, but played well in the overtimes against Kent. We, we saw Jalen Carey, the freshman, he's played really well here early on. It's been everybody that's kind of chipped in so far, and that's really good to see early on. Yeah, it really has. I mean, it's Terrence's team. I mean, he's, yeah, no doubt, he's the guy. He's the leader. He's he's. Uh, grown into that role and he's a guy who might average 20 points a game for this team um but you know you got a guy like Raekwon Horton who's kind of you know kind of Terrence's backup to, in some ways and you know he's not forcing anything offensively but at the same time we've seen him not even hesitate to take the shot with the game on the line so i is yeah it's just everybody kind of doing what they need to do right now it's 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 been impressive how cohesive they are to start the season 
We're talking to Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record as they get set for Radford coming up this week. And um, now the expectations being ranked. I mean, this is pretty sweet to be ranked in the top 25 for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it won't be an easy game on Friday against Radford. So, you know, they want to avoid that, you know, old what what seems to happen to a lot of teams when they get ranked for the first time is they don't stay ranked for very long. They'll want to try to avoid that because it, it's not the easiest stretch of the season coming up for them. We talked about how hard the first three games were, but, you know, Radford's been, uh, they've beaten some good teams and they were competitive with North Carolina. Um, you know, that'll, it won't be an easy one. And then they get to the, you know, I guess that's technically the start of the Cancun tournament, right. but when they go down to Cancun, they're going to face some other good mid majors. So, um, you know, it, it's not going to be, you know, an easy stretch by any means, but I expect a, I expect a really good crowd on Friday, I would think. So um, they've played well at home in the past, and I think with that kind of crowd, they should probably be in pretty good shape. After one week, do you think different about this team than what you did preseason? <sighs> yeah, I mean, to some degree. I thought they were going to be good. I thought it made sense they were a Sunbelt favorite. Um, but, you know, I thought if they – I thought if they got through that – initial road trip one and one that that right. was a really good sign I agree. Uh, you know i thought they could be a good team and start oh and two you know maybe even oh and three this season and still be a really good team so i mean i think the sky's the limit it really seems like right now i mean it does i mean we'll, we'll get a good sense of you know michigan state they if how they rebound from things they're gonna play duke um so we'll maybe get a better sense of like just how big a win that was but um you know, Michigan State was ranked that high in the preseason for a reason. It wasn't just, you know, pulled out of a hat. Like, nice. they've got some really good players. So, I, I think this team's going to be really, really good. I do, uh, just traveling with them and getting a, to be around them and watch practices and shoot-arounds, they've got something different, man. They're, they're, they're connected. I, I really like these guys a lot. I think this is – they got a chance, man. Let's see how it all works out, but they got a chance. We're talking to Shane Metlin again from the Daily News Record, and we had a chance to speak for a while yesterday with, with Sean O'Regan, the women's basketball coach of the Dukes. They're 2-1, and one. Um, obviously a terrible half against Toledo last Wednesday, but led by 20 at halftime. That's come, Some people kind of forget about that. Hey, if they are, Even though they lost that game, they were up. 20 on a really good Toledo team so that they have the capability bounce back well against Xavier on Saturday but uh, what do you make of their first week yeah I mean you kind of said it like they played a really good half against like what could be like the best team on their schedule Toledo I mean they've got to play Maryland later this year but Toledo's right there with those top 25 teams and I think they'll be ranked probably at some point this season Uh, you look at what they brought back from a team that won so many games last year um, so like as Sean Regan's kind of said it over and over again, it's not that they lost to, uh, Toledo by 11. That, that was almost expected. It was kind of just the way it ended up happening. Um, and then the bounce back against, you know, Xavier has struggled, but they've got a new coach. They've, they've shaken things up a little bit and, you know, you blow out a big East team on the road. <laughs> I mean, most times that would be what everybody would be talking about at JMU if that was, if that was the thing that happened this week. And it's almost completely flown under the radar that they, you know, went on the road and blew out a power conference team. So, um, yeah, I think that I think the women's basketball team's in pretty good shape right now, and um, you know we'll get to see them at home against a Longwood team. They should be able to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just just another opportunity for them to kind of grow and you know. See people settle into their roles. We talk about how right, yep. the men's team is already kind of there. They've got some people who kind of have to figure out what their job is this season. 
because you know they're, they're missing you know a couple key pieces from last year. Yeah, no question about that. Again, Longwood at home Wednesday, VCU on Sunday. A couple chances before they head off to Cancun to play Michigan State and Montana State. We're talking to Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record, and obviously the the women's soccer team is done. They got out uh, bounced in the first round by South Carolina, but the men get an at, they both get at large bids, which probably doesn't happen in the CAA. That's part of the move to the Sun Belt and being in a different conference, a better league. They both get at-large bids, which is which is fantastic. Uh, but that's pretty incredible, too, that both teams able to get at-large bids and the men play this Thursday at Pitt. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> try to find something that's not going well at no right now. It's pretty hard. Um, you know, it was a rebuilding year in field hockey, I guess. But right. it, yeah, That's about the only it, thing. It's uh, But, yeah, I mean, that's impressive. Um, you know, the Sun Belt on the men's soccer side, it, it's not a mid-major. It's a power conference. Yes, it with is. The affiliates <laughs> that they have, what the history Marshall has. Even, you know, even JMU, like they were in the NCAA quarterfinals a few years ago. Like that's a really good soccer league. So you know, getting five teams in and JMU being one of them is almost to be expected at this point for the men's soccer. And you know, be interested to see with that tough a schedule. Uh, how that prepared them for the NCAA tournament. Maybe, maybe they're a team that can make a little bit of a run there. And, and volleyball again, we'll see how they do this weekend in their conference tournament, but they've got a great chance to get an at-large bid too, just because they're RPI. So again, it's it's not quite the season it was a year ago, but still, it's, it's still been a great year for them. Yeah, I mean, the volleyball, it, it kind of seems like, you know, when they're clicking, they're really, really tough to beat. They've had some matches where they just kind of haven't been clicking like that, but if they're if they get it going here to start the Sun Belt tournament, I think they should be in pretty good shape. And like you said, a chance for an at-large because you know their their non-conference schedule was was really really tough, and and they 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 maneuvered it pretty well. Um, last week, Jamie, you sent a letter to the NCAA. The Sun Belt also did the same thing, trying to back them. Um, you've mentioned it on social media that this could be a probably more than just a three-hour infomercial, just absolutely destroying the NCAA or they could be applauding the NCAA any idea what's going to happen if it will happen before Saturday do you have any any inkling of what's going to happen they I haven't like heard anything specifically other than you know when they first said it they said they kind of expected a response within a week um, which would be coming up soon I I don't know why the NCAA would want to wait much longer than that for, uh, you know, to make a decision. Like they kind of just got to figure out what they're going to do and put this to bed. The fact that it wasn't an immediate no kind of like gives you a little bit of hope, but, um, <laughs> you know, Jamie, you kind of went through the same thing with the, uh, CAA a few years ago too, where they thought an immediate no, maybe was a good thing or the lack of an immediate no, maybe was right. a good thing. And it didn't turn out that way, but, um, we'll see. I mean, it seems like they're at least trying to consider, at least it seems like they're at least trying to consider it because they didn't just come back and say, Hey, you know, we already told you no once this is uh nothing's changed. So does it, does it help? We'll that the sun back, the, does it help that the Sunbelt is backing them now? I would think so. I would think it helps. I think that helps. I would think that the NCAA has got much bigger problems than whether or not JMU goes to the postseason right now. I mean, honestly, like there's, there was a, the federal court approved a class action lawsuit against the NCAA that basically could shut them down if they lose. <laughs> like, I would think that like that's probably bigger. <laughs> I would think that whether or not you know the individual eligibility cases for players that 
you know, whether JMU plays in a bowl game, like all that stuff, I would think that's stuff that they'd want to just like put to bed as fast as possible so they can put all their people on, you know, $4.2 billion lawsuit that, you know, like I said, I don't know that the NCAA could survive losing that case. And it doesn't make much sense to me to be putting much effort into trying to keep JMU at a bowl game. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we find out something soon. Who knows? We'll find out uh, when everybody else does. All right. Good stuff from Shane Metlin from the daily news record. Read more of his stuff online, dnronline.com slash sports or pick up the paper as well. Shane, thank you so much. We'll see you this week. All right. Thanks, Dave.